Hey, filmmakers, welcome to the Intuitive Filmmaker Podcast. Today's guest, Kate Reese Davies, has directed so many films and music videos and commercials and God knows what else. But the reason that I have her here today with us is because she, like I, did a crazy thing and agreed to direct a feature in five days. And so I was like, we should be on the show. We should talk about all the things that you do to get through the five days and why you should never, ever do it. So thank you for coming thank to spill all the beans. Thank you I'm so excited. <laughs> this is awesome. Starting 2020 in the, you know, really positive way. Yes. That's cool. Yes. Um, so let's just go right into the film that you did. Were you, let's t- tell us the name of it first. So um, the film is called Altered Perception. Um, it's a thriller. So was this a film that you had already, or is this one of those you got hired to direct kind of films? Um, So I got hired to direct this one. Um, So I did know the ramifications going in, Um, but I had produced for the company that hired me. Uh, So I was kind of used to the schedule. Oh, yeah. So they do these these kind of movies all the time. Just yeah, so I think this was kind of like movie number five or six for them. Is it one of those, you know, they want to turn around because they're, they know they're going to sell DVDs, so they do it cheap, fast, they get it out? Uh, I think, you know, obviously streaming was the goal. Um, we did have some DVDs on the earlier films, um, but I think, you know, it was ultimately the streaming platforms that they were really targeting. All right, so let's talk about these five-day films. <laughs> how, how did you even prep for that? What was your sort of mentality going in? Um, so I'm very, like, I'm somebody that preps a lot, so I'm quite organized. I mean, as a producer as well, you yeah. know, you have to be. And basically, um, you know, I've produced a lot of my own shorts, and um, I've done several 48-hour film festivals when I was, you know, at UCLA. So basically, I learned to get very fast and learned basically on the job that you have to be prepared, you know. Right. And obviously, there's only so far that you can prepare because once you're filming, things change, things happen, magic happens, um, and something that you plan for doesn't work out sometimes, and then something better comes along. So you also have to learn to be very, very flexible. And... um, and I think that also is very true, even when you're working in the studios, you know, because scheduling changes, you know, actors get other jobs and they can't come in on that day. People get sick. So you have to be able to literally spin on a dime and change your scheduling. So the, the thing is, though, about these five day features is you there's not a lot of flexibility. So no. you're like, we have to be done on this day. We can't go over a day. We can't. And usually, like in my five-day feature, we had a church. So you were, we had to be out at a certain time. So we right. had 12 hours, period, get out. We had a day where um, Corey Feldman and Eric Roberts were supposed to be in a scene together, but their schedules didn't match up. So I had to use shoulders and try to fake them being together. And in, it's already tough enough to do five days. Mm-hmm. What were some of your biggest challenges on your five-day? Um, look, I mean... I'm fast, so again, I prepped with the actors. There were some actors that I I couldn't get that time to prep with, 
but they were a little more seasoned. So I kind of trusted that they yeah. were going to bring it on the day, and they did, thank God. Um, but, you know, some of the less experienced act- actors and actresses, I made, you know, sure that we went through certain scenes and we workshopped them. Um, and, you know, I really prepared them that I was there for them in their right. corner. Um, you know, if you forget a line, take your time, give me a sign. We'll have somebody standing by to feed you right. that line and we'll just keep doing it until you, you know, you feel comfortable. I think it's important to always, to, even in when you have, when you you never have all the time in the world ever, I don't care how much money you have, but <laughs> even when you have a lot of time, you... I think it's so important to take that pressure off of your actors to Absolutely. know that they have the time. It's not film. It's digital. Mm-hmm. We can shoot all day exactly. if we need to. Like, let's get it right. And I think that that helps them tremendously. I know with my five-day feature, um, there was a point where we were at the end of the shoot and we still had <laughs> way too many pages. I think we had to do 30 pages in this one day. Mm-hmm. And um, my actor, Jeffrey, I went to him. I said, I know you have this like whole page monologue coming up but you get one take. He goes, let's do it. <laughs> and he just did it. And he, you know, he excelled and he was fantastic. But I think it's that no, they know you're in their corner. Exactly. That if they do fail in some way, if it's not working, you're going to tell them and you're going to help them get exactly. there. Exactly. I mean, look, I'm an actress myself, so I know how I am in scenes. Um, and because I come from that mindset as well, I mean, I love my actors. You know, I will do anything to support them. And even if they're not getting it, you know, I will take them aside and we'll workshop it 10, 15 minutes. Nice. Give them the confidence, you know, and um, we'll go back onto the set and they they bring it, you know. Um, so, and look, you know, there's other techniques you can use as a director as well to get your actor to where they need to be if they can't bring right. it themselves. And that's part of the fun and the love of directing right. for me is helping the actors get there you know because otherwise you just really are an observer you know which is great when you see performances that just knock your socks off every time yeah but you know it's I just love getting in there and working with my actors I, it's you know? always mind-blowing to me when I when you hear an actor say that their director never even came out behind the monitor I'm just like I don't even I can't even fathom no. Like, no, we're all I'm in this up together. in there. Yeah. yeah, we're all in this together, you know. And I have nothing without my actors. Right. So they are the film, you know. Um, so, and, you know, I'm very flexible when I have the time. I'll let them have some wild takes so they can have fun with it. And sometimes yeah. that's what gets printed, yeah. you know. So, um, you know, I've, I think it's very important for directors to be very, very supportive of their cast. So on your um, five-day feature, what was your biggest challenges come as far as camera? I'm assuming you still, because like I did the same, still trying to light it beautifully, still trying to find camera movement. Um, how did you work with all of that? Well, I had three cameras shooting because part of it was a found footage, uh, you know, part of the story because they had to do these kind of um, diaries, video yeah. diaries. And um, so that helped, yeah. you know, having obviously the cameras. But, you go, again, you have to be very mindful that the other cameras aren't picking up booms and, right. you know, things like that. So, you know, you don't really have that time to check footage during the day because, like you were saying, you know, I was shooting between 
24 to 30 pages a day. And that's a lot for actors. You know, I mean, we had an ensemble cast, so it was more, you know, it's like we didn't have a huge cast. There was probably only about 15 people in total. So, um, you know, thankfully I didn't have to kind of prep big scenes. You know, they were all very kind of intimate. Um, But, yeah, I think, you know, it's very challenging. How was your... DP, how did you guys work together in that scenario? Um, well, I'd worked with my DP, Steve, before. So um, we had a bit of a synergy going. And, you know, we'd, we'd done a lot of prep work as well. Um, I love using cameras. So I'm a big camera geek. I've no desire to be a camera right. person. But I just find it fascinating what the camera can do. Um, and especially with the new digital, you know, you don't need a lot of lighting now. You can use practicals, you yeah. know, and it's that saves a lot of time. So, um, yeah, so we had a lot of conversations going in. I mean, I was very specific with the shots that I wanted and the movement of the camera that I wanted. So that was all kind of done prior Um and then we just got into the spaces and just, you know, shot it out basically as much from every angle as we could. Yeah. Um, just so that we had, you know, the editor had a lot of different choices to cut to really. Yeah. I, th- I think that, so when I'm on set, I'm always editing in my head. But I guess th- sometimes when you're working this fast, it is better to kind of do the cover your ass shots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was all about coverage on this one because um, I just trusted that I I knew what I wanted yeah. and that if I covered it, you know, I was in rooms. I had I had six locations in five days. So actually, sorry, no, that's that's a lie. I had five locations mm-hmm. in five days, but on the last day we had a location change, so that was challenging. You yeah, know, I lost two to three hours. Right. Um, but I still came in under 12 hours a day, um, you know, because I'm fast. Yeah. So, um, and we kind of broke up the scene so that, you know, I would shoot in that location everything out. You know, I just had to. So, um, and it was actually quite fun. I mean, there was, um, I, I mean, I, I think on these shoots, the key is to be prepared and also to have a phenomenal first AD. I oh yeah, we did have a first AD kind of. It was my boyfriend at the time, and he was not a first AD, but he was really good at trying to help the fires stay put out, which I think you need more than anything at that point. Um, one of the biggest challenges on my five day feature, besides the fact that I think that I got it two weeks before we had to start shooting, so there wasn't really prep time. Um, one of the biggest challenges was that there was supposed to be a whole SWAT scene where the SWAT shows up outside and police and fire and all this. And that's just not going to happen on low budget. But I had to come outside of the church because otherwise we're living in the church the entire time. Um, So thankfully, one, I had Rydell Danzi. I still love you to this day for bringing you and your boys out. They like had all this gear and they showed up and Rydell's second, he did second unit director work to help with the timing. And he got all these great sort of like cops moving through scenes um and then we had like um one of our friends chris yonke had a friend who could come with a car that had a light so like you know you're trying to make it work i don't know i mean i think if you watch it 
I would never show somebody this is like, here's what I can do, even though there are lots of it in my reel because some of it did turn out really yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm very proud of the fact that I shot that feature in five days and it got distribution. You know, mm -hmm. it's on Amazon right now. Um, my cast was John Hurtus, who was one of the leads in The Castle. Um, he's also on This Is Us. Um, and then Jennifer Blanc Bean, who, um, you know, is married to Michael Bean of Terminator fame. And, you know, so I was very happy that, you know, working with those people, I got to work with them. I really got to see how professional actors work in that kind of, you know, limited sort of yeah. space and everything. So I learned heaps on that movie, you know, yeah. and the fact that it is, um, has been distributed is a miracle to me, you know, because I defy anyone to, I, I even defy Steven Spielberg to make a movie in five days. I always laugh. With no money. No, I you know? always laugh whenever like you hear Ron Howard or somebody say, yeah, we had a shoot, you know, some huge movie with huge stars and period piece. Like, yeah, we had to shoot it like an indie movie. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's I adorable. Know, know. Pat Which, your head, you're yeah. adorable. <laughs> but, you know, look, um, what the company that I was working with, um, you know, was trying to do was really that, you know, sort of um, – fast filmmaking, you know, getting all their friends together, which was great because it was quite foresightful at the time, you know. Well, I will say that anybody who's like, I want to shoot a movie fast, I don't have a lot of money and all that. The one thing about, the good thing about shooting a movie in five days is that once you've done it, nothing else oh is hard. Oh my God, honestly, nothing. I could do anything yeah. now. I, I have no fear. I mean, that was like 101 filmmaking yeah. for me. And you know, look, like I say, I'm fast anyway, but when I have the time, you know, I don't need my actors to do 35 to 40 yep. takes. I, th I don't know what that is, and I don't know why people do that. But, you know, look, if they have that time and the luxury to do it, then great. Personally, I don't think it's good on the actors. I agree. Um, you know, because I want my or actors... Or the crew. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I want my actors to be... Um, invigorated and fresh and motivated you yeah. know and bring their all and I you know look I know that there's a lot of directors out there that that work like that and that's great for them um and who knows maybe I may do that down the track but for now I feel if you have what you want you feel it. Oh, yeah, you for know? sure. You and you also it. feel if the actor really has nothing left. Exactly. It's like, you know what? We've got the best take we're going to get. Let's move on. Exactly, you know. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, look, filmmaking should be fun. You know, we, we strive to do it. You know, we struggle to do it. And when we get the opportunity to do what we love, you know, you need, you need it to be a, a wonderful experience, right. you know. And... And that's why, I mean, I even had one of the producers coming up to me going, oh, my God, I can't believe how smoothly this is all going. I said, yeah, because I'm prepared. I mean, why wouldn't it go smoothly, you know? Let's talk about the preparation. Um, for me, I tend to do very minimal prep as far as shot listing. I'll go, I know I need to get the close-up of the hand because I need to show the cup, and I know I need to get a two-shot. And then after that, it's like, what do I have? What time do I have? What is the blocking inspired? Mm -hmm. Do you prep more? Do you do more full shot lists? Um, I did shot list on this one. Um, and to be honest with you, some nights 
you know, when I got home very tired, I would look at the shot list for the next day and sometimes I would change it because, you know, I was going into a new space every day as well. So I didn't know the parameters of that. I had no time or opportunity to go and do any scouting. Right. So I just had to get in there and quickly scout, you know, and see, okay, right, I can put the camera there, I can put the actors here, this will work, let's cover these people in this scene. And, you know, so I really had to think on my feet. Um, But obviously I'd read the script many, many times. I didn't get the opportunity to have a table read on this one, which I love to do with my actors because, you know, you really find, you see how they're performing you find new nuances with the work you know and it takes it to a completely different level and it's the greater understanding of the work as well so you can really delve deeply into those relationships because you know mine was very character driven um because it was quite intense you know probably like yours taking place in one location you know and you luckily i mine was five locations so I did give the audience a little bit of breathing space you know cutting out of the same location um but so that that helped me you know make it not feel too repetitive I think um but you know like I say it was really all about the coverage on this one getting as much footage as I could in the time allotted just to give that editor some some options you right. know i i feel like i wish that tv executives understood that we are their untapped <laughs> talent you know we've we've already been trained and groomed mm-hmm. to direct Absolutely. for them yeah, under budget and the time that's allotted and still make something great yeah absolutely i mean look is this feature my best work like you say not particularly right but there are parts of it that I'm very happy with right. how it came out. Um, you know, a lot of my, like I say, cast and crew were emerging. So, you know, you they're not on it at your pace, you know, because I'm used to shooting fast, right, right. you know, and I'm used to kind of like run and gun. Um, but when you have somebody that's not that it can be a problem you know so you have to navigate that as well and just trust that you know they're going to bring it on the day and oftentimes they do if you're in their corner you know yeah they really want to do good work for you if you treat them well and you encourage them it's rare that i meet a director who's also teaching you know you're teaching directing to students at ucla that's also first of all really cool like i would love to teach and because you get to use all of this knowledge and experience oh my god probably why i started this podcast right like we just want to share everything we've learned um yeah what is that like is it all new filmmakers yeah pretty much my um last semester was either emerging filmmakers because it's directing workshop one um so they come in having done maybe one or two short films or none whatsoever and through my workshop they do uh four shorts wow and um there's no dialogue so it's very it's look the ethos behind the um the workshop for me was certainly for them to find their voice to tell story 
And if they have all this other stuff going on, like, oh, my God, I have to start recording people. And now I have to bring dialogue in. There's too much going on and they're overwhelmed, right? But what I did see through this workshop was the evolution of these filmmakers becoming great at what they did. And, um, you know, I really feel that everybody left that class that had never directed before able to go in with the confidence to shoot a short film. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. What do you feel was sort of the biggest learning lesson that, you know, if someone comes in and they've never directed and they leave with this confidence, what do you feel like that is? Is it just getting to do the work repeatedly? Yeah, I think think it's, you know, it's, it's a... A culmination of things, really. I think obviously getting the knowledge is a big confidence boost. Actually placing that knowledge and and putting it into place and getting feedback on your work from your, you know, your classmates and getting very positive feedback. And I was very integral in getting those filmmakers to stand up in front of the class and bear their souls to us, you know. And... Like I say, it, there's something so empowering about that, you know? I remember when I was first filmmaking, like, the things you would put on film, they really were from your soul. Like, and you would do things because you were too naive to know you shouldn't. You know, like, I think, not that I would say it's my best work, and it's, it's never going to be my real, but I think my best work in the way that it really came from me completely. Organic, yeah. you know, and that's where the best stories come from. I mean... Yes, of course, you can create imaginative stories if you've got a huge imagination, which I have. So, like, I'm in all sorts of worlds, you know, all the time. But, you know, um, if you if you don't have a huge imagination, but you have this compulsion to tell stories, then the ones from the heart, you know, will always be the most successful work that you do. No, I do agree. I agree. We should always put ourselves... Um, into our work, even if you're even if you're directing something that you don't you're not in love with, you have to find the reason that you're in love with it. Yeah, um, and then one other thing I just wanted to mention going into 2020, um, I've started a new collective, um, which is called New Hollywood, and um, it's a collective of filmmakers, workshops, uh, career guidance, wow, um, support. Uh, and it's really for the other 50% of Hollywood that's not currently represented properly. Is it aimed towards um, new filmmakers or filmmakers who just are both waiting? Or they're so, trying to get to that next yeah, plateau. So it's for emerging filmmakers and it's also for mid-level career people um, who basically need the skills and confidence to get to the next level. That's awesome. I'll make sure, uh, everybody, I'll put a link down below so you can check that out. Um, Right now, I'm going to hand you this deck of cards. There's a word on every card. You're going to shuffle and pick whatever one comes to you. Whichever one you feel like a picking. You picked abundance. Oh, I love that. What comes to mind when you hear the word abundance? Um, Everything. I mean, literally, (laughs) there is no pie. Anyone can do anything they want to. The only thing stepping in their way is themselves. Yeah. And, you know, um, coming to Hollywood, you know, it's it's a, such an interesting um, situation here. 
because abundance is some is a way that I like to live my life. You know, I I love traveling. You know, I love empowering people. Um, I I enjoy living my best life as much as I can, and um, and I think that when you take away the limitations you live in abundance, you know, because oh, you like always that. have enough. You can do anything. Um, you know, I have seen people with disabilities overcome that and and win Olympic medals, you know. So as an able-bodied person, why would you put those limits on yourself? Yeah, I feel like one of the biggest problems that, and I'm guilty of it as well, that we have as creatives in Hollywood is always living in the lack. Why don't I have enough opportunities? Why don't I have enough money? You know, whatever it is, instead of living in that, because there's something interesting happens when you live in that space of abundance and of joy that work actually drops in your lap. Oh my God, totally. You know, money falls in your lap. Absolutely. I mean, literally, I had been wanting to shadow, right? You know, trying to get onto TV because that's where I'd like to work in that arena, in the mm -hmm. sort of episodic TV arena. Um, I also want to work um, for Marvel, you know, and direct Marvel movies because I just think they're phenomenal. Um, and, you know, I, I was trying to get this opportunity to shadow and I just heard all this negativity from these women going, you have to be this and you can't do this and you, you know, it was very, very negative. And I was like, wow, that's such an interesting way that you were already putting limits right. on yourself to really observe somebody doing what you ultimately want to be doing yourself. Right. And yet you're putting these limits on yourself. So as luck would have it, out of nowhere, I shadowed Jill Soloway earlier last year. That landed in my lap. She invited me onto the set. And it was one of the most phenomenal experiences I had. Yeah. And, and it's like, and if you were living in that, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do this or I can't do this. Yeah. It and wouldn't happen. My biggest takeaway from that, apart from it being like one of my favorite shows. So what are the chances, you know, because normally when you're shadowing, you get to, you, you don't really get to pick the show. Right. You know, you have to just shadow a director working because there's an opportunity, which right. is phenomenal because you get to see how it works in episodic. But to get an opportunity to shadow somebody on a show that I absolutely love, I mean, it was just phenomenal. And my biggest takeaway was, I've got this. I love that. I can totally do this. Why was I putting limits on myself? Yeah. I do think that a lot of us, you know, I've directed, I'll be directing my seventh feature this year. Oh, and I still give those... I have those moments of like, well, can I show up on a TV set? And, and it's like, yes, you can, idiot. You <laughs> like, can. shut up. Yeah, <laughs> of course you can. I mean, there are people less experienced than us working Absolutely. in the business. So, you know, if they can do it with that team and the support, then why can't we? Right. You know? Well, and I think a lot of it comes from, there's a, especially as women, um, and I'm sure um, men of color feel this way, and especially women of color probably feel this way, but we have this feeling of like, one, we, we already have a 
there's no opportunities for you. You can't do it. It's so hard to break in. And then if you do it, don't screw up. You know, there's all yeah. of this weight well, and that's, attached to it. Unfortunately, in America in general, there is a lot of negativity that's ingrained into people from an early age. I mean, I was lucky to grow up in the UK. And so when I was going through school, you know, I was being taught a, about all these phenomenal women in history who had done things that were groundbreaking and, you know, history changing. So interesting. I mean, you know, we have a queen that runs our country. We've, we have female prime ministers that run our country. We have female, you know, executives running top uh, Fortune 500 companies. And, you know, and so that is ingrained yeah. as from a young age that you can basically do whatever you want, you know, and um, and thankfully I didn't I didn't then go home and have you're stupid, you're this, you're yeah. that, you can't do this. What are you talking about? You're an idiot. Yeah, I had a lot of support, so you know I was kind of like living in this kind of euphoric state of oh, if I want to go to the moon when I'm older, why not? That's so awesome. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have anyone t telling me yeah. that I couldn't. it couldn't be done. Wow. that's. I, I have to sit with that for a second because it's such a different way that I grew up. So thinking about that and how we can change, our entire world can change just by building up our youth. Absolutely. And here's the other thing. When you leave home or wherever you are that you're getting all of that from, you literally have the ability as a person to turn that switch off and never turn it on again. Yeah. Like literally moving forward, I am I am amazing. I can do anything, you know, and that's the voice you should be listening to all the time. And I think that that comes also down to when you start to find your tribe. Oh, absolutely. And even if you yeah. have a tribe that maybe you love the people, but you're noticing around you that they're always negative and always yeah, bitching. can't. Yeah. Here's the thing. The Dalai Lama, I love the Dalai Lama. He says, why would you approach a rabid dog? I mean, why would you? Yeah. You wouldn't because no. you're going to get bitten. It's the same with people. If people are there to pull you down, why would you want to be around that? I mean, which is why I love being around her because you're always so positive. Every time we hang out, I'm so much happier and I'm very grateful that you came to do this. Thank you. I'm so happy to I be here. I cannot let you leave though without doing our infamous <laughs> rapid fire questions. Ooh, okay. Ready? Yeah. Okay. If you had to quit showbiz altogether, what would you do? <laughs> Catwalk model. <laughs> I love it. If you could only make one genre of film. Action. Nice. Which I love. Women don't want to direct action. Proving you wrong right there. Um, if you could work with any actor or actress on your next project. Margot Robbie. Wow, that didn't even take you a second. You're like, done. I have a project Did you just see Bombshell? Oh my God. Stellar. Phenomenal. Stellar. Go see. Fabulous. Um, if you could tell your younger self one thing. Get out of your way. <laughs> yes. And finally, if your ultimate dream came true, what are you doing? Directing Marvel movies. I love it. I love it. Do you have a particular Marvel uh, 
franchise you want? Uh, there's a new f- there's a new franchise that I'm going to be doing. Um, it's part of their um, indigenous superheroes. Oh, nice! Love it. Beautiful costumes. Ah. Uh, Fantastic, yeah. Well, I can't wait for you to be doing that. Yes. So then I get to go to the premiere. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, you can be my plus one. Yeah. I'll have plus ten, I'm sure. <laughs> if you're directing. Exactly. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here, Kate. Everybody else, uh, stay tuned for some news. Down below, there's probably some uh, links. We are going to be having a contest for when you can win your own Blackmagic 6K camera. Um, so details are below on how to do that. And um, part of it is sharing with someone you know. So do that, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Intuitive Filmmaker Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, as that helps others find us, which helps us to keep delivering great content. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all of your other favorite podcast apps.